This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. We're here for your midweek Chiefs game preview. This is going to be a tough one, I think, Verderan, but how, how are you? Good, good. Running around a little bit uh, this morning, making sure my daughter gets her, her four-year-old shots and whatnot. And, but uh, no, look, I'm looking forward to the games this week. I cannot believe it is already, what is it, week seven? Seems yeah. impossible. But we yeah. kick it off with Browns, Broncos, and then you know a couple of actual football teams play on Sunday when uh, Kansas <laughs> City and Tennessee get together. Hey, it's everything you wanted out of your Thursday night. It's Case Keenum versus Teddy Bridgewater. And if things go poorly, maybe you get a Drew Locke appearance. I mean, you know, get, get kind of wild. At some point, does the NFL just apologize to the fans? Like before, <laughs> before this game in Cleveland, they should just have a moment of silence for the sport of football. Yeah. They really should. Yeah, it's, we're we're it's very sorry. It's Case Keenum against a banged up Teddy Bridgewater. And the Browns are missing half their team. And yet they're still favored, which tells you all you need to know about Denver. So yeah. not uh, not great, uh, but but it is what it is. I'm looking forward to the, the quite honestly, this whole slate this week really kind of stinks. I mean, it really is not a good week of football. The only two games I would say are good games, Baltimore and Cincinnati and Kansas City and Tennessee. I mean, if you want to yeah. say Colts Niners, OK, but I mean, they're both of losing records. I, I think those are really the two games. Yeah, and you get a little bit of Dearness Johnson tonight, too. There's six teams oh, yeah. on them. You, Bet you're I think you know. You've got six teams, I think, on a bye week in the fantasy communities. They're calling it bye Mageddon. You got half the, the top running backs in the league are injured. It's yep. just an absolute nightmare out there. Correct. Um, tough. And it's, and Jesus, we're, we've got a long season. There's an extra week to play. So it's, um, I'm going to have a little rough middle of the season here as teams are trying to take the long-term approach and think about these guys that are hurt and saying, man, we got a long way to go. We got an extra game here. Let's just let's just sit these guys in. I don't know what the Browns are going to do with Baker Mayfield. There, he's got a tort in Labrum. Labrum. How do you say that? Labrum. Labrum. I'm missing the R. And they're saying that can't be repaired without surgery. So I don't right. know what they're right. like. What are you going to do? Like you're just just going to throw him out there? And I mean, I, you could put him in a harness and have him play through it. But I mean, I, you know, if, if he wants to, which he apparently does. But at some point, if you're the Browns, like if you're thinking long term. Just keep trotting him out there. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Maybe he can't hurt it any worse. I mean, it is torn. I don't know. Like it, it, maybe they just it's one of those deals where it's like, well, it's a pain thing, which 
If he's playing well enough through it, fine, but he hasn't been playing well at all. <clears throat> no, no, he's been having a little bit of a rough go since the first couple of weeks. So, uh, but this isn't a Browns podcast. This is a Chiefs podcast. So let's let's start talking a little bit uh, about this big game coming up. Titans have not been good this year so far, but they look to be turning a corner. They're getting a little bit healthy, and they get a big win last week against the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be Bills, right. sir. The Bills. I'm sorry. It's early. I've had one cup of coffee. I apologize. Uh, it was the Bills. Yeah. Uh, I watched the game, too. You think I would remember that. So let's talk about the Chiefs versus Derrick Henry, right? That's what everybody's concerned about. I'm t- Listen, I want to just go on the record. I'm terrified of Derrick Henry. I always am every time the Chiefs play these guys. And, and, all these, and all these people on Twitter, you know, they come at me. Oh, we, we, we always take care of Derrick Henry. And I'm like, look, it ain't last year or it ain't two years ago. Have you watched this defense this year? He's running like he always is running over people but he yeah. is listen Derrick Henry he's averaged 130 yards 130.5 yards per game which is clearly the most in the NFL bad news for you guys the Chiefs have allowed 133 rushing yards per game. That's the sixth most in the NFL. Okay. What are you looking here for here in this matchup, right? As a first of all, this idea that the Chiefs have always stopped Derrick Henry is a blatant lie. Okay, that's not true. It was true, thankfully, in the AFC Championship game where the Chiefs did a great job. They held him, I think, 69 yards in the game. He had seven yards in the second half. That is true. People apparently forgetting the year before, or not the year before, but a couple months before that, the regular season, where Henry had 23 carries for 188 yards and two touchdowns, including a 68-yard touchdown run. Now, I take this, though, out of that game. That was the game, if you remember, that was the last game the Chiefs lost that year. They lost 35-32. It was a wild finish. Tannehill went 13 of 19 for a buck 81, two touchdowns. The Chiefs did everything imaginable to lose that game. They had it, they gave up a scoop and score. They gave up the 68-yard run to Henry. Okay, they gave up a late touchdown. They botched the field goal late. Then they had another field goal block, and they lost by three points. And that was the game that Mahomes was coming off with his knee injury, and he went nuts. He threw for 446 and three touchdowns. My feeling on this game is I can't imagine a world where Henry doesn't get it, get his, essentially. Okay. I, I just can't. Unless, unless the Chiefs employ a defense where they basically just say, look, Tannehill can throw for 250, 300 yards. We don't care. Henry's just not going to run the ball, but then you open yourselves up. But I think if you're the Chiefs, I don't know that you, I don't want to say that you don't care. But if you contain the passing game and Henry rushes for a buck 50, I don't know that you're losing the game because of that. Like, I I really believe that if you're Spagnuolo, look, you don't want him running wild. Don't get me wrong. You don't want him going for you know, 220. But if you hold him between 125 and 150, but you play well in the pass game, I think you're fine with that. Like, you know, everybody focuses on Henry, but if he goes for that and Tannehill throws for 220, who cares? They're, they're not going to win the game based off that. They might win it because the Chiefs turn over eight times, but they're not going to win the game because Henry does that. He's going to get his yards. He, if he doesn't, the Chiefs will blow them out. So I think you have to operate under the assumption that he's going to have a good game because he's Derek freaking Henry, and he always has a really good game. This year, I saw a stat earlier. He's obviously the leading rusher in the league. He, if you just took his yards after contact total, he would still be the leading rusher in the league. That's how that's dominant ridiculous. he is. That, that's maybe the craziest NFL stat I've ever heard. Like that's what you're. That's where you're at. So, by the way, so what do you take from that? Tackle him with more than one man. Like yes. you better bring a you better bring a team 
because one guy is probably not tackling him very often. Swarm to the ball. I think this is a big Willie Gay game. This is what you got this guy for. You need somebody who can move around that field, go sideline to sideline. That's what he's going to be in there for. Have you know? Have Nick Bolton, have those guys go charging in there, and then you're going to need Tyron Matthew. You're going to need Willie Gay. You're going to need Juan Thornhill, the people that can move on this defense to to come up and and help you know <laughs> defend the rest of the field. I'll tell you what. This is a game. I'll give you two names you're going to need in this game. First of all, I'll just tell you, you're going to need the defensive line. They, they cannot be shoved off boxes. If he gets a full head of steam to the second level, bad news. But yeah. this is a Nick Bolton game. Like yeah. Nick Bolton's not a coverage backer. Nick Bolton is basically Reggie Ragland. And I want to say the, uh, the Twitter account, I think it was Arrowhead Live, and I hope I'm right with this. They tweeted out, or at least retweeted, certainly. I saw. I know I saw it on their feed. They do a nice job covering the Chiefs, by the way. They tweeted out something with, with Henry in regards to, I'm trying to how, how it was worded. Uh, with oh, I'm sorry, in regards to Bolton. So he has he has five tackles for loss this year, which if you exclude sacks as a tackle for loss, is tied for the most in the NFL with, with Von Bell. So he's been I hope I'm getting that right. I'll try to look that up and confirm that. But it, it was it was something where you looked at it and said, listen, he's making plays in the run game. You know he's not a guy who's gonna be in who does much against the pass. He's not gonna cover very well. He just doesn't have that lateral agility. But He's done a really nice job against the run getting downhill, and they're going to need him to get downhill. They're going to, that is something in this game he's got to get done. And then I also look at a guy who everybody's been killing him. Dan Sorensen is going to be a big part of this game. And I know Chief fans go, oh, God, why? Look, he's, he's going to be playing. If Thornhill's starting, and he's going to be after last week, Sorensen's going to be in that dime linebacker role. Right. That's where he excels. Like that, he's good at that. Look, he's missed tackles. No question. But most of the tackles he misses are in space. If you remember that AFC title game, there was a couple of times he crushed Eric Henry. Like that yep. sounds weird to say, but he did it. They're going to need him and Bolton to be coming downhill and making those hits. That's going to be a big part of the way they defend against, against Tennessee this week. Yeah, he's going to have to. I agree. And a lot of times you're right. He misses in space. And, and sometimes it looks like he's going for that big hit a little bit too much instead of just making the tackle. That's not you. You're not going to have too many big hits against Derrick Henry. So just you know, tackle the guy. Just stay. Keep your keep your feet under you. Don't be doing what what Tyron Matthew was trying to do on that sack where you come flying in. Just tackle him. And for the love of God, stop trying people. Everybody across the NFL, stop trying to tackle Derrick Henry by his shoulders. Oh, you have stop no it. chance. You have no chance. Oh, you're my. like a child by hanging on to him at that point. You know. One of my, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. And it's obviously he's a great, great athlete, a great runner, but he just looks like he's playing football with children. It's unbelievable. He's enormous. I mean, it's just absolutely, especially when he gets into the secondary. I mean, you, you see these guys coming up, these, these corners and safeties coming up trying to tackle Derrick Henry. You got to just feel for them because oh, it, yeah, it, no it, chance. this is unfair. It looks like a kid playing football with their dad. No, absolutely. And by the way, I find I found the tweet. I want to give credit. It's ben Hillman, who who tweeted out one thing I found to be an interesting note on Bolton. He's one of my two players on the top twenty list for tackles for loss five that have also zero quarterback hits. If you exclude sacks in the tackles for loss category, Nick Bolton and Von Bell are tied for tackles for loss leaders through six weeks. Not terrible. And so I think you know Ben's point there, and I agree with him. Is look, he has not done much in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback you know he's not he's not a plus in the pass game but he can be in the run game he's been good yeah. at that and so 
if I'm if I'm Spags this week, I'm telling him, hey man, get your rear end downhill, hit him. You need to be filling gaps and, and getting after him. That's going to be a big part of it. But you're right, Patrick, 100. If you try to tackle him up high, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You have no chance. I don't know how many people watched the after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They came out the America's Game show, but they also had that Times R show where they talked to the coaching staff. And in that in that show, Spagnuolo talked about the AFC Championship game, and he mentioned that their motto that week was "Kill the engine," which means hit him low. Got to hit him low. You have to, his engine is just like you got to hit those legs. I would expect that they're gonna, you know after the success they had in that AFC Championship in doing that, I would I would suspect that they will have a very similar, if not the exact same message this weekend. And they need to be careful about over-pursuing as well. Yes, because he, can, do, he can run. Yeah, you can't. And and you, what, what happened to the Bills? I think he had like a seventy-five yard run. That's the that's the thing. He's gonna he's gonna convert. He's gonna move the chains. You got to try to tackle him, especially on early downs. But you can't go crazy and then find yourself out of position because that's it. It's over. He's gone. If he's if he gets through that first line of defense and he's out there and it's him and one Thornhill in space, forget it's it. It's over. It's over. It's done. No, yeah. I, did you see the running hat on Monday Night Football? Yeah. They got up to 21 miles per hour. It, it's, it was it, faster it's, than Tyreek Hills ran this year. It's nettling that a man that large can run that fast. He he is a physical freak. He is a lot, actually mentioning Tyreek Hill, he's a lot like Tyreek Hill in this sense. Like Tyreek Hill's so damn fast that he makes other NFL elite players look like they're slow, which is impossible. Like, it, yeah. like if Tyreek Hill runs a 40 against me, I'm going to look like I'm running in, in mud, mostly because I am. To run that fast, to be that fast, compared to other NFL players, is just bonkers. And the same is true with Henry. Like To be that ridiculously strong and fast compared to other guys in the league, it's just insane. Like that's that's impossible to be that big NFL. So again, with the Chiefs, that defensive line, you gotta slow him down. You have to get a hand on him, grab the jerk. Yeah. I mean, you cannot let him get a full head of steam because you can blame Sorensen and Thorne all you want. If he gets a full head of steam with those guys and they make the tackle, they deserve a raise. Yeah. Like that is that is not a spot you want to be in as a defense. Speaking of the defensive line. We're, we're hoping, we're anticipating that Chris Jones will play and that he'll be moving yes. back inside. There's been rumbles of that and, and media circles as well. He was dancing around on the practice field yesterday, and obviously his wrist is hurt, so he, he could have been dancing two weeks ago. But it seems like he's going to be back, and boy, do they need him for this game. I was watching uh, Pro Football Focus was doing a, a Chiefs um, – Titans preview just this morning, actually. And I, I forgive me because I don't know the, the gents' names, but they were talking about how, you know, it's just not a net positive to have Chris Jones on the outside. And then the point that it's they not. made was they're, they're like, look, you know, he's a really good pass rusher inside. You move him to the outside and he's a passable edge rusher, right? So, and, and then you've got nothing inside. At least, you know, when you move him inside, you've got a top tier pass rusher in the middle gotcha. and you figure it, you figure out the edge, you know, another time, obviously the chiefs didn't get Whitney merciless. It sounds like he's, I don't know if he's officially signed with the Packers, but that sounds like where he's going. So chiefs are going to have to run with the horses they have right now, unless they make a trade, but it ain't going to help them this week. Can Chris Jones change things up front for the chiefs? We know he can in the passing game, but what about the run game? Well, he can help. He can help because John Reed's been a complete zero. So he can help that. You know, they probably won't do this because they they really never do. But I would almost love to see Spagnuolo go to a bare front in this game, which basically just means you're hat on a hat with the offensive lineman. It's five down lineman, essentially. And you could go three down lineman and have two guys stand it up over the tackles. But 
the point is you basically make everybody get blocked one-on-one up front. And look, the downside of that is if, if you get creased, then you got two backers and you're probably also only playing four DBs. Okay, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Chiefs do some of that and play play inside with Wharton and Jones and Naughty and, and Reed and, and Saunders and just rotate those guys. Um, but regardless, let's just say they play the normal scheme. Yeah, I think Jones should kick inside. You know, we, we've talked about throughout the year. I didn't have a problem with them trying it, experimenting with it. And he had two sacks against Cleveland. So, you know, I, I think there's something there. But I think you just make that more of a package than you do the, the just the base level defense. All told, look. I think for Kansas City, you kick him in, you play Dana and Clark on the outside. I've killed Clark all year long. Everybody has. One thing with Frank Clark, he can do is play the run. So if, if and Dan is very disciplined, I think he's the most disciplined than they have. I do think they have a shot this week. Also, by the way, it has to be said, Tennessee is really banged up. Now the Chiefs have played some really banged up offensive lines this year and still been bullshit. So let's 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 factor that in. Okay, I mean Philadelphia yeah. was missing four guys. The Chiefs couldn't do anything. Right. Um, but. They're missing guy. Now, Taylor Lawan, thankfully, he's okay. That looked actually really scary. I'm on that football put on a stretcher. He has a concussion. We'll see if he clears by Sunday. If he doesn't, he's their star left tackle. He wouldn't be playing. They're missing guys. I mean, Julio Jones might not play. So this is a defense that, if you're the Chiefs, you're trying to get right. Jones and Ward are practicing. Looks like there's a good shot they'll play Sunday. You might be on the right side of this thing health-wise. But, yeah, they're going to need Jones to be big. They're going to need him. And you know yeah. what? What you need from Jones is just a couple of negative plays. Yep. A couple of, hey, drop for a two-yard loss. Get a sack. Force an intentional grounding. That's the like. Talk to anyone in the NFL plays on offense. That a lot of times, those are drive killers. Like that, it changes the whole composition of your play calling. Now it's second and 13. Well, it's not second and seven now. It's a lot harder to call plays out of that. So, yes, the, short, the, the long answer I gave, the short answer, yes, you can make it that. Now let's talk about Ryan Tannehill versus the Chiefs defense. Now, just to give you some some stats here uh, on offense, the coming into this game, the Titans are 11th in offense, um, but they're 24th in defense and 25th in passing, and then third in rushing. So Ryan Tannehill has not been great this year. Um, so since uh, since 2019 as a starter, so from 2019-2020 season, 67 completion percentage. Uh, eight and a half yards per attempt, 2.1 passing touchdowns per game, uh, only uh, 0.6 giveaways per game, and 111 passer rating. This year, 63.4% completion percentage. He's only averaging 7.3 yards per attempt, one touchdown per game, 1.2 giveaways per game, and an 86.8 passer rating. So he's been bad. They've had injuries to Julio Jones, AJ Brown. They finally got him going last week. There are weapons on this offense, but they're banged up, especially up front. Derrick Henry, I think they come into this game and they really try to probe with Henry. A lot of Henry early, see what we can get against this Chiefs defense. If the Chiefs can make a couple stops, how do they how do they go about defending Tannehill? So I, I think in this game, if Jones doesn't play and he was out yesterday with the hamstring, you left the game late on Monday night with a hamstring injury. If he doesn't play what I would do in this game, I would I would double AJ Brown's entire game. I'd double him the entire game on passing downs. Okay, I wouldn't double him early. I wouldn't double him first. But second down and long, third down, I'd double him, especially on third down. They if if Julio Jones doesn't play, they have nobody else. Like there is nobody. Their leading tight end is Anthony Ferkser. He's 86 yards. Okay. They'll throw to the backs here and there. Jeremy McNichols also didn't practice, by the way. He's got 160 yards receiving, so they will throw to the back occasionally. Derrick Henry is 138. But they don't have, if, you know, if A.J. Brown has 221 yards this year, which actually really is not much, but he did play very well in the second half against Buffalo. Chester Rogers, who 
also was banged up and didn't practice on Wednesday. Had 186 yards. He is their third leading receiver. In this game, you got to get pressure on Tannehill. Tannehill's been sacked 20 times. He was not sacked once against Buffalo. I thought that was the downfall of their game. They couldn't get home. The Chiefs have got to get home. And of course, we know the Chiefs are the worst pass rush in the NFL right now. That's got to change. This might be the first week all year where they actually have everybody because they've not had that to this point. They have, I mean, I think the only game where Jones and Clark both played was the Baltimore game, I believe. And, and that, that's been that sounds it. right. So, yeah. you know, look, this is a game where you need all hands on deck. You really do. Uh, you know, but Tannehill's not been great. You, you already bared out the numbers. I mean, six touchdowns, four picks. So what? That's not, that's not keeping you up at night. He's been okay. I don't want to make him out. He's been awful, but they do not have secondary weapons. Their line has been awful to this point in the year. So look, I, I will. Well, I know we're going to get the offense in a second, but I think with Tannehill, you you try to take Brown away as much as you can. I, and by the way, the Chiefs did a good job of that against McLaurin with Washington. Now that's a different offense. I get it. McLaurin did nothing against Kansas City. They did a very good job of saying you're not beating us with him, and it ended up with Washington doing nothing in the air, nothing. And Washington does not have a great offense, but they they never to this point in the year had had a day that poor. So I think for the Chiefs, especially if Julio doesn't play, you take AJ Brown away. You force him to go elsewhere and you play man coverage. I, I agree. I say go into this game, play man coverage, maybe maybe go a little single high. You can't get beat. These guys no. are dangerous. You can't get beat, but you can't let Henry eat you alive either. Um, you know, that's that's one way to do it is and, and the Titans might not be afraid to run into stacked boxes, but if I'm taking my chances, I'm taking my chances with Ryan Tannehill throwing. I would rather have him throwing the ball than Derrick Henry running it because if he's throwing it, things can happen. Balls get tipped, balls get dropped, and that can end a drive and get the defense off the field. Whereas, you know, Derrick Henry, he's probably not going to fumble. He's probably going to pick up four or five yards per carry. If I was the Titans, I'd run every damn play in this game, um, but they're not going to do that. So, if I'm the Chiefs, I would invite them to throw the ball as much as I possibly can and see if I, my 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 secondary can hold up against this offense because the Chiefs are going to have to put up a lot of points and they should be able to put up a lot of points in this game. But I think that this one could be close. But I'm not scared of Ryan Tannehill, especially this year. Let's move it on to the Chiefs offense. So here's an interesting stat I came across on a NFL game pass, which, by the way, it's a little pricey. Um, but I really recommend NFL Game Pass. If you guys want to educate yourselves a little bit more on the game, get access to the coaches' film, rewatch things like 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 maniacs like me and Verderam do after you know after the game. Uh, it's a really great thing, and they've got really interesting game previews and stats. And this one's from them: Patrick Mahomes' first six games of his MVP season in 2018, five and one record. This year, three and three completion percentage: 2018, 637 percent. This year. 69. Passing yards per game. MVP season, 310. This year, 314. Um, touchdowns. Guess how many he had in his MVP season? 18. You know how many he's got this year? 18. Four interceptions then versus eight interceptions now. And his passer rating uh, that year was 112. This year, it's 103. He's he's basically having his MVP season again with a better completion percentage and a, and a few bad, you know, a couple bad interceptions on him and a couple bad luck interceptions. Right. Right. If you've if you've been checking all of the stats, the Chiefs have punted ten times this year. Ten. Yeah. That's it. it. And all of this with these ridiculous turnovers. So in a game like this, the Chiefs can't afford to get back on their bullshit. They did it for a quarter versus Washington, and it almost cost them. You turn the ball over on your end of the field, 
against Derrick Henry, good night. They can't have any turnovers and they have to take advantage. If the defense gets a stop, Chiefs got to get off. They, they got to get out there and they got to score a touchdown. So here's my bold prediction of the week. And, it, and key, key the word bold. If the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they'll score on every possession. That is a bold prediction. I'm if down they don't turn that. the football over, they will score every single time at the football. Because you ranked, you reeled off Tennessee's defensive ranking earlier. That's including games that they've played this year against the Jets, against Jacksonville, and against a really banged up Colts team. Like they have not exactly now they've played the Bills and the Cardinals. They've played um Seattle as well. And guess what? Their defense got annihilated in those three games. So two and one in them to, to give them credit for that. But they, they got annihilated in those games. The Chiefs have a better offense than all those teams. If Kansas City does not turn the ball, they will score every single time they have the ball. That is, that's my prediction. I think the Chiefs literally could score 45 points in this game because the Titans do not have Christian Fulton, who's a second round corner or second year corner. Excuse me. He's also a second round pick, but second year corner. He's on IR right now. Caleb Farley, who was their first round pick this year, played a lot towards ACL on Monday night's game. He's out for the year. I got to tell you something right now. You want it, You want somebody to watch this game? Jack Rabbit Jenkins, formerly known as Janoris Jenkins, changed his name legally. Jack Rabbit. He's, he has been awful, like awful. If he is in man coverage, I don't care who he's covering. You watch the Chiefs go at him relentlessly on Sunday afternoon. They will yeah. throw at him all night. The only guy in their secondary who's a plus player is their star safety, Kevin Byard. He's been there for a long time. He's a very good player. Their linebackers are not good in coverage. But Kansas City, I'm, I, I feel confident in saying this, they will, they will absolutely destroy this defense. They cannot beat themselves. They can't take a bunch of penalties, and they cannot turn the ball over. Their offense this year, she's have 14 turnovers as a team. 13 of those have come uh, via the offense in the one return fumble against Buffalo. Of those 13, 11 have been on the plus side of the field in opponent territory. They were going to score. Like, they were going right. to score again. Like, think about this team's averaging over 30 points a game and has 11 turnovers on the plus side of the field. You know what this team would be averaging if they didn't turn the ball over? They'd seriously yeah. be at 40. So that, that's the key. To me, that's the whole game this week. That is the entire game. They turn the ball over, they're going to lose. They don't turn the ball over, they're going to win. I don't even care what the defense does. If they, if they don't turn the ball over, they will win this game. And we talked about this in our post-game show after last week, you know, that w- what you think is happening at the beginning of the season and what it, what it's going to be at the end of the season in the NFL, there's always some big swings. Teams that are looking really great now, come December, it's going to be totally different. And the Chiefs are one of these teams that people who are only casually paying attention to them, they look at, oh, Mahomes is having a down year. Look at all these interceptions. They just look at a couple box scores. They don't look at the efficiency of the offense, all those things. They look at the record. Oh, Chiefs are in trouble. And then all of a sudden you end up in, you end up in December and Mahomes has, you know, 40 some touchdowns and the Chiefs have gone on, ripped off a winning streak and they're talking about him as Super Bowl contenders. Um, they have not been good, but to your points, Things could change quick. And if they cut out those turnovers, all of a sudden you're looking back at the beginning of the season and being like, wow, this team, <laughs> this team was a juggernaut all along. And they were just a sleeping giant. Uh, for those of you out there in the chat, thank you so much for supporting us. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. Uh, we've only got seven of those. So let's, we got 51 of you watching it. Easy. Click it. 
51. Let's get, let's go for 51 on the thumbs up. We appreciate that. It'll help more people find this preview heading into the game and more educated Chiefs fans. Good Lord. If you've been watching what's been going on with some of the super fans, we, we need some more educated Chiefs fans out there. Um, and, uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. And the last thing I'm going to ask of you, because we're just coming up to that is give us your game predictions in the chat. What's your final score predictions? We're going to give you ours. We need yours. Want to get you all involved. And of course, those of you listening to the audio version of this later, sorry, but check out the YouTube version if you want to participate live. Any, any lingering thoughts for you, Verderam, on offense, defense before we get to our final score predictions? No, I think we've covered it. I really, again, I, I just think this game is going to come down to turnovers. They cannot turn the football over. If they don't turn the football over, they will score a ton of points. Defensively, look, this doesn't take a rocket scientist. Like this basically comes down to you're going to have to tackle. You have to gang tackle with Henry. And I really think they should, if, especially if Julio doesn't play. If Julio plays, it's different. If he doesn't play, they should double AJ Brown on every obvious passing down and make Tannehill throw the ball. And I would play man. None of this zone crap where you can throw to a spot on the field. Play man, play Fenton. I don't care if Ward's back. Play Fenton, play Ward and Sneed with him. Man up, double over the top of Brown and say, you want to beat me with Chester Rogers? You go right ahead. You, you go right ahead. You throw it in there, big boy. I would challenge them all day to throw against my corners one-on-one. Love it. I think that's the exact way to approach it. If they beat you that way, God bless them. Uh, and then the Chiefs have to take advantage on offense. They can't have any of these boneheaded situations where you're getting tip pass interceptions or fumbles or anything like that. Go out there. You're a, you're a Ferrari. Play like one. Um, all right, let's get into our final score prediction. So we'll start with some of you guys out there. Centaur says 42-24 Chiefs. I like that. That's that's around what I'm thinking. Uh, we got Dre out there in the chat. He says 38-30 to Chiefs. I like all these Chiefs are going to win. Uh, Christian, uh, 41-27 Chiefs. That's a very good one. If anybody else uh, got a prediction, there's a 48 of you out there watching. Kick it into the chat. We want to hear it. But let's go to Matt Verderam. What's your final score prediction for this one? I think it's high scoring, but I actually I, I feel that the Chiefs are going to put up their highest output of the year. I think the Chiefs are going to score 45 points in this game. And I, 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 I really hope they don't make a fool out of me. But I think, I think offensively, they don't turn the ball. I just don't think Tennessee can stop them. I really don't. I don't think Tennessee's any answer for him in the secondary. I think the Chiefs can win up front. They got a couple of decent pass rushers. Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons up front. Uh, Danico Autry's a good player. They have Bud Dupree, although he's not done well this year. I think the Chiefs will handle him. So I think the Chiefs will score 45. I think the defense will get a turnover in this game. They, they make a play. Uh, and I, I think they hold. I think I think the Chiefs win this game 45 to 27. I love it. I love it. And I love that the defense can go in there and hold the Titans with Derrick Henry and, and some of those weapons to under 30 points. I'll be thrilled about that as well. Lucas S. says Chiefs 43, Titans 31. I think that's a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right there with you. My final score prediction for this game is Chiefs 42, Titans 31. I think that they're just going to get a, just, just going to be one step ahead of the Titans the entire game. And I'll just repeat my mantra. If you win the toss, take the ball, go down and score a touchdown. And he's not going to listen to me, but that's what I want to see happen. I wanted this offense on track from the start. We'll see. We'll see. If you're out there, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. So listen, here's the schedule. All right. Uh, we're going to be, we'll be back live on YouTube Sunday night, usually around seven arrowhead time, 7 PM for our post game show. 
that's roughly the time that we're always doing this. Unless, of course, it's a Monday night football game or it's a Sunday night football game. And we don't get any sleep on those nights, but we still go live. Um, so and then, of course, uh, Matt and Sterling will be back on Tuesday with uh, with their with their version of this podcast. And then we'll be here every Thursday morning at about this time to give you a preview of the game. So make sure you check everything out. Verderam, I, I got to tell you, man. I, I think I'm starting to put on weight, and I think it's all because of the Count Chocula. I had I had to stop. I had to stop. Yeah, I I, I got to a point I can't where do it. I finished uh, the the last box I had in the house, and I I find I I said, "My God, I've got to dry out." I, I mean, it's just, it's just gotten to a point <laughs> where Count Chocula rehab. My God, it's like, it's like twelve thirty in the morning. I'm sitting there yeah. eating Count Chocula, watching you know Friday Night Lights for the fifth time on Netflix. Yeah. It's a disaster. I'm doing that too. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like at some point my my wife's going to come down the stairs and just look at me and just just serve me papers. Um. So. Yeah, I had to. Uh, she's had not to, even going to do it. In per- they're just going to be on the table, which is right. She's right yeah, to do yeah, it. She'll now, be gone. I, yeah, but it's uh, listen. You got Halloween coming up next week. I got, a, of course, everyone knows. I'm sure at this point, I have a four year old daughter who is very excited to go trick or treating. And if you don't think that I'm getting my percentage of that, you have no idea. So yeah, that's um, the parent tax, dad tax. Right. Plus, you know, I go shopping for the candy we're going to give out. We live in a neighborhood where a ton of kids are going to come, and so I know that. Oh shit. We probably could get away with buying two bags and every kid would be taken care of. I'm buying three bags. That way, that way, you know, oh, look at that. A whole bunch of extra candy. What are, what's to be done about this? And then I'll, and then the Chiefs play November 1st. They're off on Halloween. They play the Monday night. So I'll eat all the candy during the game. My plan is to be, uh, I don't know how many kids are going to come by. We just bought this house, but I'm going to get a bunch of candy. I'm going to have the good candy and the bad candy. I'm going to be like, uh, uh, what's his face from Gladiator with the thumbs up and thumbs down, right? So, you know, you come up, you come up. I don't like the costume. You're not getting any of the Reese's stuff. You're going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to buy some Neko wafers. Oh, remember those? It's like, uh, it's yeah, like basically Tums with a little bit of sugar. Uh, yeah. no, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It's Neko wafers for the kids' costumes I don't like. I'm going to be that guy. Did you ever, when you were trick-or-treating when you were a kid, did you ever go up to the house with, with the lazy people who would just put out the bowl of candy with the sign and be like, please only take one? And like, you were lucky if when you saw that sign that the bowl had anything left in it. He's the first kid to come up there. I got to tell you, if I saw that sign, the next kid coming, there was going to be no chocolate <laughs> in that bowl. That's right. Yeah. Leave them, leave them those, uh, like the, the suckers, you know, those yeah. crappy suckers with the, like the foil around them. Those uh, are terrible. Uh, they were always broken before you worse. even got them open. It's, uh, there's nobody worse than the kid than the old people give like a pencil. What are you doing? Just, yes, you know, yeah. like, hey, here's like fruit. Here's, yeah. Yeah. Like, what? What? Like, just come on. But the best people, I want to shout out everybody who does this people who give out full size candy bars. Yeah. You people have a special place in heaven waiting for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That stuff is, we have like three people in the neighborhood who do that. And if you don't think I'm hitting all those people to, on, on Halloween, you got everything coming. I'm hitting how them many, twice. How many different costumes do you have so that you That's can right. go back? <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's so good. It's, yeah. so, it's amazing. Yeah. I but it. I love it. Give out good candy to the kids. Don't yep. be the person who gives out an apple. If I, you know, I can go get a damn apple. Okay. Right. Like it's an apple for Christ. Get, give, give a crunch bar. Give some Reese's. Yes. Give the, yes. What, I know we got to get out of here because I know you got a hard out at 1030. But quickly, yeah. last thing, what is your, what is your favorite candy to get on Halloween? And what's the one that you're always disappointed when you got? Oh, anytime I got like full size candy bars, of course. Anytime I got a Reese's cup. Phenomenal. I was just uh, over yeah. over the yeah. moon, and the fact that when they started coming out with the pumpkins, like that's oh, probably yeah. the one, right? You get one of those on Halloween, absolutely incredible. And but but I would have to say, what you usually got were the little foil wrapped Reese's cups. 
And those those are my absolute absolute favorite. How about you? So I'm with you on the Reese's Cup. It's the best there is. Okay, especially when you got like the full size one. Amazing. The one though, I, I the thing that I can't stand people do those zero bars. What the hell's yeah. wrong with you? Oh, I like the zero bar. I like the zero bar. White chocolate. You got the nougat in there. It's an underrated candy bar. I love white chocolate, but I just I don't like the zero bars. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Nothing with coconut. Keith is also bullshit. Like why? I like Keith. Oh come on! Like Keith. No, you got it. Nothing with coconut though. I don't want coconut. I just. It's like when people give out what it was not the almond joy, but the other one, the, the mounds bar. Oh, mounds. God, like, that what, old man candy. Like, what Werther's the hell is wrong original? With you? you know, give me a whatchamacallit. Give me a hundred yeah. grand. Give me crunch. Give me Twix. Mm-hmm. Give me Reese's. Give me Kit Kat. All yeah. those things. Okay. I'm actually not a huge Snickers guy, but I can't blame anybody who gives out Snickers because Snickers is an iconic candy. But like these people who give out, I'll actually switch from the zero because I actually do like white chocolate. The Mounds Bar, you're a disgraceful Mounds. human being. If yep. you went out and already bought your candy and you bought Mounds Bars for kids, you're a hideous monster. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> go back to Walgreens. Scumbags. Be yeah, my God. Yeah. Who are you yeah. as a person? Yeah. Be a yeah. person and go get those kids the reaches they deserve. <laughs> They're kids, damn it. It's been a tough yeah. year for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we got to get out of here. I got a hard stop. Thank you guys so much for showing up on a Thursday morning. We will see you back here on Sunday night, hopefully, after a really important game for the Chiefs. They got to win this one after a Chiefs victory. Thank you for your support. Leave us five stars on Apple iTunes. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.